0: Hello, everybody. This is William Del Pilar, and this is the Red, White, and Rude podcast, episode seven, and I am here with my co-host, Sean King. Sean, how are you doing, brother? Just New Year's Eve just ended. What did you and the family do, or did you take some private wife time and head on out?
1: No, we hung out with some friends at a house, and uh, I had my last drinks for the year, uh, started 75 hard on the first, so no alcohol for the next 75 days. So got in We're my nothing. chips and salsa and margaritas because that's is, my, uh, my one weakness.
0: Is, uh, 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 there a point to 75 specific days or just a number you randomly picked.
1: It's a program by Andy Frisella. I'll give him a shout out. And if, uh, people want to listen to his podcast, I'm paying it right now. Uh, the real AF, <laughs> it's probably one of my favorite podcasts. He says it like it is. I aspire to be able to speak as clearly as him on podcasts, maybe drop as many F bombs as him someday, but yes, it's his 75 hard. It's his program. It's got five rules. And, uh, trying to see if my, sorry, butt can do it for the next 75 days.
0: Is he like a self-help guru or, or, or no, he's, uh,
1: he owns first form nutrition and, uh, He's got his podcast that he changed over during the pandemic. It used to be more of an entrepreneurial thing, and uh, now it's more of a current events thing and politics. But, yeah, he's a nutrition nutrition company owner, so it's a mental and physical transformation. supposed to give you discipline in uh, both areas of your life. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so you're one, and, and before I say this, for the record, Sean's accomplished a lot in life, but you're one of the millions. January 1st, here's my new goals. I think we all are. It's like I started working out because I had not because of my foot and it's healed up and, and I don't have, I like the last three nights I've been up. Uh, from 8.30 to 2 in the morning working and, and trying to get a workout in. And uh, it's difficult to stick to those things. So I would really like to know what the percentage of people who start, like out of Americans uh, who start, and what's the percentage that are sticking with it by year's end. I'm pretty sure that data is out there. What do you think?
1: Oh, it's really low. But most of the stuff <laughs> that uh, that's in this program, you know, the diet part of it is that's the easiest part for me, quite honestly cuz I have no well, problem. That's you're well dis-
0: regimented.
1: Yeah, that's no problem. The uh other parts, I got to drink a gallon of water a day, which is actually more difficult than I thought. I've got wow. the, my little half gallon container here. I'm through one, on the number 2 right now and I uh, it's still got about 5 or 6 hours that I'd like to finish it in and got to read 10 I- pages in a book. That's no there problem. I, I like to read every. I like to read every day, so that's easy. The hard part is the two workouts a day, is uh, is the tough part. The two workouts a day and the drink and the gallon of water.
0: And, and people, Sean is not in his twenties, so it, it gets harder as you get older. The final question before we get to the show, uh, if you don't mind, what book are you reading?
1: Uh, it's called Functional Training. It's a it's a workout book actually. <laughs>
0: Well, I kind I, of figured I, that. And for the audience, Sean is a legitimate workout king. Multiple martial arts, workout, got two workouts. I mean, at your age, I'm like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> but good well, for you. And, the hard and you part inspire is others.
1: one of them has to be outside every day. And uh, it's uh, in the 30s out here. So that's the that makes it a little difficult right now.
0: Well, that solves the dual problem. You're also adding... Uh, I think I spent too much time inside, and I think I'm missing a lot of the world. And and I don't mean by the experiences, but just by being outside in the sun is what I'm talking about. You know, it's a different energy, so good for you. And with that, let's get into our 2023 Part 2 Top Stories of the Year. And we are going to start it out with Jada Pinkett Smith's book that came out a few months ago. And, Sean, the book is a memoir. It's called Worthy. And she talks about her separation with Will Smith for seven years. Talk to us a little bit about that marriage.
1: (laughs) I don't know if you could call it a traditional marriage. And uh, I believe Will Smith is quoted as stating that uh, Jada didn't believe in traditional marriage. And uh, from the outside looking in, it doesn't look like it's been very traditional in uh, many forms. So. (laughs) Uh, the book came out and uh in that book like you you talk about uh it says that they've been separated for 7 years that was the big revelation in the book
0: 7 years a long time to be separated in the world thinks you're together i mean at the end of the day uh what what was the reason for the separation uh i
1: don't know if the the tidbits we got i didn't read the memoir Uh, Just the uh, interview and stuff stated that they they were exhausted from uh, with trying in their relationship. So I I don't know exactly what all the problems were involved, but uh, they were exhausted from trying and that's what led to their separation.
0: You know, I got to be honest, we are no different than animals. What separates us is the ability to to think for ourselves, to to, to look at an issue and not follow our instincts like animals do. And that's what kind of separates us. But I always tell people, you know, marriage is is a job, you know, biologically, we are meant to reproduce as a species. It's why I look at, 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 at like the transgender and the gay community, hey, to each their own. But as a species, we are meant to reproduce. And uh, I think marriage uh, uh, may stymie that a bit, you know, because people fall out of love, they lose interest, they don't get married for the right reasons. And it sounds like their issues tended to be more sexual uh, than anything else because from the notes, the research I did, I didn't get anything out of the fact that or out of a, a potential thought process that... They didn't care for each other as human beings or didn't love each other. Everything seemed to to, uh, having more of that traditional open marriage. For people who don't know from 60s, 70s, a term, maybe longer, that that they love one another, they're with one another, but they're in the bedroom with others. Uh, Is that kind of what you got out of this?
1: Well, yeah, the the whole – this whole big thing is – well, but you learn they are separated and the slap amazingly – I guess got them back together. So, um I don't know why all of a sudden that made her, you know, all of a sudden say, "Hey, this is this is the man for me. Let's get back together after this long of time." But I guess slapping around Chris Rock was uh, enough to make her think this is the big tough burly man she wants to be with, slapping around the skinny 50-something-year-old comedian.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think what she saw was somebody who was sticking up for her, uh, regardless of the consequences. Women, you know, at the end of the day, Sean, I mean, you're a man and guy in the sense you're machismo, you're your traditional man, all the good stuff. I'm not talking about the bad stuff about it. Uh, and women love that. They, you know, I don't care if it's the the, the feminazi, as Rush Limbaugh used to call him, you know, there's times when a man is a man. You know, a conservative, God fearing Christian told me the following, and I will quote her. Uh, and I will ask John to do the beep, but, uh, she said, William, sometimes a, a woman just wants a man to be a fucking man, you know? And, 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 I think that's what she saw in that moment, but wasn't there an affair, uh, 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 also, uh, that, uh, that that was part of the issue here.
1: Um, I believe well, her it words wasn't. were, it, were, were an entanglement, excuse me, get that correct. <laughs> she used the word entanglement, uh, she had an entanglement with a friend of her son, a rapper. Let's see if I can get this right. August Alcina. I think that's how his last name's pronounced. pronounced, but, right uh, to be. yeah, she, he was 23 and, uh, she was 44 at the time and they had hey. an entanglement and it went viral. Uh, the, the use of the word entanglement and, uh, interesting thing. I did a little more research and, uh, August ended up putting up a, putting out a song called Entanglement with, Rick, with rapper Rick Ross in which he sings, this is a quote that I haven't listened to the song, but I'm going to as soon as I can now. I, I just found this like in the last minute or two. The lyric is, you left your man just to fuck with me and break his heart. So he's throwing down some pretty hard, harsh words there. <laughs> Well, Regarding you know what,
0: Sean, the entanglement. I just had this conversation. I swear to God, yesterday, somebody, a, 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 a woman who I know who is single, and she's out in the dating world about your age. And, and I asked her, well, are you rock, Are you robbing the cradle? Is it rocking the cradle or robbing the cradle? Robbing the cradle, maybe. And, you know, I said it jokingly. And and she she, she mentioned, she, she, you know, uh, about a couple of instances. But it made me remember. In my 40s, after I sold my business. And uh, uh, in this world, when you have certain accomplishments, women love that too. Powerful men attract uh, uh, attractive women. I'm not saying that to say it. Look at history. Look at just Hollywood. Look at the business world. Uh, And uh, my friend, God bless his heart, owned a bar. We shut it down. I came to visit. We were just, you know, we're being guys, drinking, drinking. So my other friend had brought a couple of his friends who were women. Once they found out who I was, and they were good looking, they didn't want anything to do with the other guys. They were all hitting on me, and I and I was married, you know. And luckily, I was there with friends, and she were very protective. But I was talking to them in their early twenties, and I realized, oh my God, I had nothing in common with these women, you know. Uh, uh, it just it was what do they call it when when something happens? It was an epiphany for me in realizing it validated, yeah. These marriages aren't built off of love. They're built off of lust. And maybe some of the lucky ones turn into love. Uh, I'm not asking you for experiences, but have you ever been in situations that you're raised now when you're talking to somebody younger and you realize it goes off in your head, these people have not experienced squat. It's not that we're smarter. We're just more experienced in life and you realize you can't connect with them. Has that happened to you yet or am I the only one living in that world?
1: I won't say it's so much experience. I think I started realizing it in my thirties when you could, uh, you know, go out drinking and you talk to people and, you know, the other people are, you know, females in their twenties and you go, I really, I'm just at a different point in my life. I do not have anything in common to talk about, you know, they're still in college, you know, doing whatever. And, uh, I'm at a point where, well, in my thirties I've I've already had at least a kid or two. So where I'm at in my life and where they're at is just uh totally different things. And and, and the stuff that you know about is different, you know. What yeah. I'm what I'm reading today is, you know, they're watching, you know, we'll use today. If I were to talk to a twenty year old, she'd probably tell me what's on TikTok while I'm telling her about, oh, you know, yeah. the latest yeah. uh, you know political stuff sense. like it. The Epstein the Epstein left is going to come out.
0: Yeah, we'll, have a <laughs> we'll have a whole podcast on that. Now, the final note I want to uh, ask you is, does she mention, if I remember correctly, and you can expound on this, they were actually headed towards a divorce before the Chris Rock incident. Is that true? That's what she
1: said, and she said that uh, now after this happened, she realized that In the aftermath, he wanted to be his wife no matter what. So, you know, if your marriage is failing, go beat up a skinny comedian and you can get your (laughs) woman back. That's my unless advice. That
0: skinny, unless that skinny comedian uh, uh, fights back. You know, Sean I always tell people about our training that you gave me because I wasn't very good because it wasn't a true focal point, but I wanted to learn. I always tell people, yeah, if you don't know any martial arts, I'll kick your ass. But if you know anything about fighting, I'm running. <laughs> you know, so uh, 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 it does pay to know a little self defense there. And with that, we shall say goodbye to Jay. Actually, I want to make one more comment before we go. Love transcends all. So if they love one another, their family loves one another, then screw the rest of the world. And the reason I say that, it's easy to be judgmental against the Smiths, and I am. I mean, transgender kid, messed up marriage, uh, in the public eye, but if they love each other, transcends everything, screw the world and keep doing what you're doing, you know? Not that I think you're great role models, but if you're happy and in love, screw the rest of the world. (laughs) And with that, Sean, uh, and I apologize, you this is your topic any final words on the jada pinkett's uh will smith issue and i guess my final word i would ask what does this tale what do you get out of it in terms of a life lesson or is it just typical hollywood gossip
1: the life lesson is i feel a little better about myself i haven't had to go beat up anybody to keep my wife around and uh I got a good laugh. It's still good uh, comedy material because I just watched Dave Chappelle's special and uh, the slap is brought up in there because he was touring (laughs) with uh, Chris Rock over the past year. So uh, maybe that's something we could talk about next week is uh, Chappelle's special and his uh, jokes on the slap. We will. We will.
0: Sean's seen it. I haven't seen it. I I was given the assignment by uh, uh, my partner. He says, you got to talk about Dave Chappelle. He's going off politically on these people. And I'm like, oh, I saw the previews. (laughs) You know, we will. So let's move on, though. Uh, This is a very deep story. There's going to be some boring spots. Uh, Well, not boring spots. There's just so much. We uh, we may not remember it all. But I want to get the basics because this is important in terms of how it affects us. Look, Hollywood is an indoctrination. Industry, And it's not Hollywood being Hollywood. Entertainment is an indoctrination institute. All the way back to the Roman Colosseum. Part of the reason it was built, there were a million people from various cultures uh, who believed in various gods, and it was a violent time. Part of the reason they built the the Colosseum was so they could purge that violence by watching violence. So entertainment has always been political, has always been uh, in, in, in the crux of everything. Andrew Breitbart said, uh, politics is downstream of, of pop culture, and what he meant is we're percolating at the at, at the at the top of the river. Uh, yet politics is downriver, uh, and the people down there have no clue what's happening. So, so I, I wanted to talk about this topic. So, the SAG actor strike uh, is now over. And I want to talk about what the writers won, but it was a labor dispute between the Alliance Motion Picture and Television Producers and the Actors Union. So SAG-AFTRA is what the Actors uh, is what the Screen Actors Guild is called. Uh, uh, AMPTP is what the uh, uh, Television Producers Alliance of Motion Picture Television Producers. And then there was uh, the Screen Actors Guild, and and the dispute was from July 14th through November 9th with those parties involved. And you've already forgotten what party is what, but we'll we'll get into that. And uh, in 2023, it caused a massive disruption. In fact, Sean, I had yet to see any new material on television or uh, cable streaming or network uh, uh, because the strike lasted so long. So it did make an impact financially, economically, It it, it did some massive. uh, California took a massive beating because of it. But at the end of the day, you moronic Californians who keep voting these morons in. Hollywood had so many tax breaks. And when COVID happened, the government screwed us, the people in favor of Hollywood. So we didn't lose as much economically as people want to think, because they also now do a lot of filming. New Mexico, Vancouver, the East Coast, Georgia overseas. So it's it's not uh, uh, as I painted. But It was a labor dispute. Uh, There was solidarity with the writers and the actors. And this was the first big major dispute since 1980. And the strike ended November 9th. It was the longest strike in SAG-AFTRA history. Uh, About 45,000 jobs were lost. And I question that number because when leftists give out numbers, they always paint it in the worst scenario possible. Six and a half billion loss in Southern California uh, I question that as well. And the, the hardest pain, which I believe was very painful, was felt among the below the line workers who had to sell or mortgage their homes, wipe out their IRAs and survive. And I don't care. I really don't care, people. And you may look at me as an a-hole, but there's a reason for not caring. Uh, 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 or maybe I should rephrase that. Yeah, and no. I don't care because I don't have anything to do with that world. These people brought this garbage upon themselves by being greedy. Uh, The reason that the strike was done for leverage. They wanted the strike for leverage because they were actually in negotiations, Sean, you know, for a new contract. So they said, hey, let's strike. You know, they're not going to give us what we want, so let's go ahead and strike. Uh, uh, They said it was economic fairness. And and they want economic fairness? Look in your own freaking house. You blame the corporate CEOs rightfully. And righteously for earning hundreds of millions a year but yet you don't look within your own wheelhouse at actors who earn in excess of 60 million a movie and i'm talking jack nicholson from the original joker that far back you know so who knows what it is now uh uh uh, uh. so here's a timeline july 14th the strike officially begins september 1st they gained some leverage uh sag actra Went to the gaming world and their peers there and authorized a strike and they overwhelmingly approved of it. So they were looking to purposely hurt other industries for their own financial gain. Uh, In October 2nd, they began negotiations with AMPTP. October 11th, negotiations broke down. SAG-AFTRA, as usual, got greedy. They wanted to tax us, the subscribers. So whatever subscribers, whether streaming cable or whatnot, they wanted a piece of the pot. Yeah, you know? So in essence, they were they were trying to do an end around, going to the corporation. So for example, ESPN gets 9 to $10 per subscriber a month. That's a lot. That's in the billions, you know? They wanted a piece of that. And uh, 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 I commend the corporations for saying, go bleep yourself. Uh, they accused the AMPTP of bully tactics. Look, that goes back and forth. It was a bully t- tactic when they went to the gaming industry to get that to strike. Now, here's what Gets me angry. On October 19th, some heavy Hollywood actors, Sean, Clooney, Street, De Niro, and some other heavyweights, but lesser known, came up with a plan to help the strikers. But since it would mean the actors would have to pay more into the system, the union said, no, no, they don't want to help to work together. They want to just bully and take everything from others for themselves. They're Hollywood swine. Uh, sag Actors said no. They want nothing to do paying for to pay for their own health and well-being, and want the studios to completely take care of them. The outcome ends at 12 o'clock. Uh, I'm sorry, November 9th. The strike ends. Negotiations had already resumed uh, the day before. An agreement was made, and 78.3% approved. Now, this is the kicker. This is what gets me angry too, because these are political numbers before the 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 fraud, voter fraud with mail-in ballots happened, where we went from. 20 to 30% voters to uh, 80, 90, 100% in some districts. Only 38% turnout for the largest strike since 1980. Sean, what's your take on that? Everything I explained, I mean, it's no doubt it comes across this was a heavy issue Uh, the economic issues, the lost jobs, revenue, everything. And only 38% of that guild or that union turns out, what does that tell you? as a human being, as somebody looking on the outside and, and help you got somebody within the industry. I mean, from all those perspectives, what's that, what what do you say?
1: I'm not going to say it's just a typical industry thing. From my experience, I've been part of a, what they'll call a union, but it was an association. And whenever we had voting, I don't think we had a better turnout, any better turnout than 50% at best, almost every time We had a a voting and then, you know, everybody would come in and bitch about, you know, what happened, you know, the results. And I'm, and I'm like, well, 50% of these people didn't even vote. You know, I always vote. So at least then I can say I have the right to bitch, you know, know, you're right. You're right. So that's a new political thing. So, uh, 38%, I'm sure they're, you know, they're big celebrities. They got other important things to do, you know. Yeah, yeah. They gotta <laughs> you know, go I talk about what. climate
0: change. <laughs> or <laughs> you they know, their George Clooney.
1: Doesn't George Clooney have a, a tequila he's got to put out and stuff like that? It's not, it's, you know, it's it's a it's a rough life.
0: What do you think of the fact that? Uh, an AMTP executive, an anonymous one. And let me tell you, people, when uh, leftist rag or union starts talking anonymous, odds are in today's day and age, it's not true. And that's because the New York Times, the Washington Post, and other rags have been blatantly caught using the anonymous source only to be found out it's not true. How many anonymous sources were there for the Western no, Oaks? Too many. But they said that this individual, and, and I believe. That, that somebody said this, but I don't believe the quote and how they put it out because it was a way to make the the, 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 the AMPTP look bad. But they said their goal is to allow things to drag on until union members started losing their apartments and losing their houses. And they said he said it in essence to force SAG After into less favorable negotiable negotiating positions. But both sides do that. That's part of the negotiation. Whoever has the deeper pockets is going to try to drag it out. When I took a a, a consortium to court, Sean, a a couple decades ago, I told my lawyer, I know how much they're spending on legal fees and and how much money they're bleeding uh, uh, monthly. I don't want you to resolve this. I want you to drag it out because nobody's going to buy this consortium if there's legal issues, Uh, uh, meaning I knew how limited they were long-term, and within two days later, I got a, a, a... I got a great buy. Four years, full paid, full help, and everything. I got what I wanted. So it's it's human nature to fight with everything you got. Uh, my question to you is, what do you think about that as an overall tactic, a, a, as a general human being? And two, uh, don't you think this happens on both sides?
1: Well, yeah, this is it. You know, this could have been any anonymous source. I mean, every anonymous source probably would have said the same thing. Yeah, they're trying to make. You try to make the other side more miserable than yourself, <laughs> give in quicker. That's 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 how life works.
0: Look, I, I get you. And the irony is, people like us, we know, you know, top stars earn salary and percentages, which is an abuse. Now they were given percentages when 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 the economy was struggling in the '70s, uh, uh, '80s. So to offset some of the cost of the movie, they said, we'll give you a percentage. Now they want top dollar and a percentage. And these these producers uh, came in and and they should it. Some of the top stars earned 27 uh, uh, million. So they're attacking this other side, but yet they have a lot of money on their own side. You know, it's a typical elitist mentality from a leftist Hollywood. Uh, uh, uh. So let's go to the final uh, segment of topic. And again, people, this is important because this is where our entertainment comes from. This is where political indoctrination happens. They are two extremely important aspects of our world that directly influence us in both positive and negative. We all need enjoyment to relieve stress, but when you're indoctrinating somebody to not critically think or to believe a false narrative or an outright lie, there's danger. So that's why I, I paid a lot of attention to this. Uh, so what SAG after won? They won more money. They got pay increases. They got residual increases. They got bonuses for working on streaming shows that become especially popular, and they got increased pension and health contributions now that's neither here nor there for for me meaning that's what uh all unions fight for any comments on that
1: i'd like some uh increased health benefit contributions you know but i guess i have to identify as i have to identify as an illegal alien in california and then i get it for free according to Newsom now but uh
0: Oh God! There's or my else little, take Carl my bio out. Place. <laughs> or there's take my bio out, right? My,
1: yeah. my health insurance, I, you know, we just went through the whole re-registering at the end of the year, and it's, it's absolutely, I'm getting destroyed on healthcare costs. It's.
0: Uh, I, I'm not gonna lie. We pay. This is this is an, 8, an entertainment
1: year. podcast. I'm not gonna get into that. We'll, uh, no, no, I get we'll you. I ahead.
0: get you. Uh, we went from 3K a year before Obamacare to we're now paying over 15,000 a year for the equivalent type of medical coverage. And I don't even trust a doctor. I, 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 I would not put it past a doctor. This is not conspiracy. Same answer. Give me that jab without me knowing. Um, my sister nurses nurse has told me that there are bad people out there who, who, who do crap like that. And it's extremely, extremely rare, but she's like, to always be aware. You know? Now, transparency, I do agree with this. There was some great transparency in the sense that streamers must provide a WGA, not the members. So I assume it's the board or the, the high-level executives with numbers of who's watching what. Now, the reason I like that is I'm just a numbers junkie. So I always like to see what's popular, what's not. And honestly, Sean, I also base my watching preferences sometimes on that. If a show's not being watched, I'm like, I'm not going to invest time to to watch a show that's, a, that's going to get canceled. So I thought that was a good thing. What's your thought on that?
1: can't believe you do this much thinking before you watch a show i just i watch the
0: this
1: i read the synopsis and if they have a, a little one minute clip i can watch then i watch that and i go eh, that looks good and then if the first episode's good i'll watch the second episode there's not too much thinking in my entertainment process in that well, aspect, no i get you. you're looking i get you. you're looking at looking. numbers what's that if you're you do that much number work, congrats to you. I don't know how you get anything else done.
0: Well, well, no, well actually, Sean, I became like this over the last ten years because of Netflix. You know, if you'll see a show, I don't want to watch a series that has a uh, uh, what do they call it? a cliffhanger. And then find out it was cancelled. they invest all that time, so that's what I really look out for and uh, I also read up uh, on potential shows i 'm not into woke shows, but sometimes you look at it, it's like I was looking at new shows, and every one uh, uh, like 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 ten out of the first twenty it, you know it, you know how you you go boom, boom boom they come up they were like all. 100-pound female leads beating up 250 pounds. I'm like, I'm just not into that garbage anymore because that's what it is. It's garbage, you know? Uh, so I, because there's so much out there, I do try to take a look because I, I have limited viewing time. I don't live in front of the boob tube. So, so, so. And ironically, we were talking about a sh- uh, Reacher, that show Reacher. So heads up, everybody. Yeah. It's a phenomenal show. <laughs> I know we're digressing. 10 seconds. What do you think of it so far? Um, through
1: t- Well, I watched the whole first season, so I've seen the first season, and I'm through, uh, I think, two or three episodes of the, the second season here. I mean, I enjoy it.
0: It's not, I, I, you know. I like it. Kick-ass show. Kick-ass. I think it's an acting. You know, I mean, the plots are just like any other action adventure, but the acting, the writing, uh, it's pretty good. And the guy looks like a beast in season two, the better season one. But I digress enough. Some more they got out of it, Sean, was guaranteed stra- staffing, <clears throat> which bothers me. They should never have acquiesced to this, because uh, uh, what they... I applaud them for this. I don't like it when a company employs people for short term so they don't have to pay health benefits and these like that. But I get it. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get them to to do away with the independent contractor style environment where studios pay as little as possible. However, that to me goes against capitalism. It's a supply and demand with the market. And this agreement will not be sustainable and will eventually not be moving forward with future agreements because ai is making its way there are millions of hours of comedy shows as ai develops they're going to be able to take the best of the comedy shows genre or i'm sorry not comedy but every genre out there and they're going to do what they do uh but the writers get whether you're a writer a showrunner or whatever there's different rules But they get a lot of pros and cons. I'm not for that because, again, it goes against supply and demand, uh, uh, capitalism. But I understand their point because corporations will abuse it. So I guess if you put a gun to my head, uh, I would say it was a win for the union I would support as a human being. But. As a supporter of capitalism, uh, 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 I, can't su- say, I can't say I support it. I don't support it because I support capitalism because it's what you call corrupt capitalism. So I guess push comes to shove. I side with the union on this. Am I looking at it wrong? What are your thoughts?
1: Well, I'm, in, I'm pretty uh, extreme on the whole uh, capitalism thing, too. I think uh, there shouldn't be a, a fixed amount of people, a fixed pay. You know, the capitalism will work that all out, you know, seeing this whole minimum wage for $20 to work at McDonald's. We're seeing how well that turns out They're They're having technology take over that. And I think in the long term, that's what's going to happen here. They're going to have AI by the time the next contract negotiation comes up, take over most of these people's jobs. So they're they're winning. They think in the, you know, the short term of, hey, we're all going to be they got to they got to staff 20 of us and we all get paid this amount. But in the long term, those people are all going to uh, lose their jobs, much like the people at McDonald's and the fast food places are.
0: Right, right, right. Another analogy is uh, television and radio. When the television came out, uh, the politicians started to get bombarded by people within the radio industry to save radio uh, because they knew it was coming. You know, uh, uh, you know, the market will dictate that. Uh, AM radio was considered dead until Rush Limbaugh came, came, came around and revitalized that complete industry. And it's dying off again. Rush just passed. But uh, the point is, is they're trying to stave off evolution of business, of technology. And AI is here to stay. And I got to be honest, uh, there's a lot of shows I would put a, a, after I have decided to watch that show. And I'm like, the writing is so piss poor. It looks like a 12 year old. And, and that's, That's 70, 80%. I mean, look at all the shows Netflix has canceled. You can't, it's one thing to deliver a, 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 a swine message, you know, a bad message, a false narrative, a lie. But if you don't even have good writing, you can't even deliver your message. And that's why Netflix... And others came out with a barrage the past year and a half of of even movies and shows that were completely done, uh, just shelling them because they knew the audience wasn't there. They knew it was a bad show. When they did the shows, they were all on a political leftist high, and now they're realizing they're in their way, so they're taking the tax right off. But that's where I think AI will help Hollywood. It will improve the writing from crap, uh, and it's terrible. It means that Hollywood writing isn't even average writing. It isn't even up to par. It's the lowest form of quality writing I have found in this world uh, 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 in terms of entertainment. So I think you are correct. And the studios did respond, Sean, Netflix, Disney, Warner Brothers, Discovery. They formed a streaming innovation alliance to advocate federal and state policies that benefit the streaming industry. Translation, another form of corporations coming together to build another lobby group to get breaks. So... This is where the, the union will lose because of the lobbying, the new laws will be made to just counter a lot of the stuff. So to me, that's what this uh, all means. This strike just delays the eventuality of AI taking over a lot of writing. It's, 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 and, 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 and before we leave it, that was the last point I wanted to make. But I wanted to ask you uh, 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 from this perspective, where did you stand? I had no pity for these people. Here's why, America. These same people wanted us to die. They wanted us quarantined. They told us to suck it up during the pandemic, leave our jobs, it's okay to be locked up, but yet they were given exemptions. You saw the video, I saw the video, hundreds of millions saw it. Remember that young woman, a working class woman owned a bar or some kind of restaurant? And she's so angry, tears are coming out of her eyes as her uh, phone. She's filming uh, the big tents with all the tables and chairs set up uh, for a production shoot of a Hollywood show or movie. And And they weren't six feet apart, but yet she's told, you can't open your store because of the pandemic, but yet right in her parking lot. All this is happening. Not to mention the mom and pop shops, I'm digressing a bit, being told you have to close your doors, but Bonds, Walmarts, and all those other corporate owned uh, uh, stores were open. But sticking to the Hollywood, that's why I had no pity for these people. That's why I was like, you lost your mortgage? Now you know how most of America felt, the working class. You know, You lost your health benefits? That's how most of the working class in America felt. So go screw yourself, because I'm not supporting you. What you get is what you get, and I don't care. I can live with it. It's not my industry. It doesn't concern me. It doesn't affect me. That's how I felt about their strife. Uh, uh, I'm not saying I was justified, but that's how I felt. Uh, how did you, what were your thoughts when you, when you saw these people asking for help or the pity me stories about how they were doing? What went through your mind?
1: Uh, well, I do remember first off that video, that woman, I think, owned a cafe or restaurant and she wasn't allowed to open and they were filming, I think in they had the tents set up and were, you know, being fed in that shopping center by, you know, probably another catering company. Yep. And, you know, they're filming the, the whole thing, but she wasn't allowed to, to open. And, you know, that goes back to my whole garbage of what's essential. We had the liquor stores were essential, uh, you know, pot shops were essential, but this poor woman, uh business wasn't essential but this hollywood studio is essential let let me just say it i like watching some tvs and movies but if it you know this strike had gone on and i didn't get any new stuff for the next year or two i i I guarantee i would have been all right i would have been all right so there was not too much sympathy uh, for me
0: yeah, and so. people—that's about as angry as you'll see, Sean. I could sense you, there was a letter, a, a little a tinge of anger with some of the words there. I, I agree, Sean. Uh, now you can call me a bad human being, and I'm looking at it from a top-down. The one one aspect I hate of myself, which is a good aspect—I don't hate myself for it—but I'm a softie. When I'm actually in the situation, I help any human being. But looking at it from a top-down uh, role, I was like, "Go screw yourselves, people!" You know, and, and you're right. I didn't need anything there because of streaming, you know, I, I rewatch, I discovered TV land. I, I discovered TV land that uh hide Cleveland. One of the funniest shows I've ever watched. Frasier cheers. You know, we have access to old quality uh, television now. And uh, so the strike was affecting me very slightly because there's a few shows that are new that I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, what's it coming back? But overall screw you Hollywood. And with that, uh, am I too harsh, Sean? <laughs> am I being too harsh here?
1: Well, no, if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about Hollywood and the whole COVID response, I could just go on a whole spiel on that. I will never forgive or forget on any of that stuff. So uh
0: exactly. better off I just what? don't get started. You're right, you're right. And I think what I saw on that strike was they were feeling a little bit of the pain the average American felt that they never experienced. For three years, and even today, you know, in LA County, they're bringing back the mask mandate. So take it for what it's worth. All right, let's move on to a heavy topic here. Uh, Andrew Tate. He made the news at the very end of 2022, but all this mess with him carried on into uh, uh, 2023. Sean, give us an overview uh, of who of who Andrew Tate is. Well,
1: he's mainly known as a social media personality now. But uh, he was a former kickboxer and he had a decent record and fought in some big matches. So, you know, he wasn't just some tomato can kickboxer. He had a pretty good record and, you know, was in some reputable organizations. But he's mainly known now as a social media personality, um, you know, for saying outlandish stuff, according to most people. Uh, He's the third most Googled person in 2023. So that's That was uh,
0: shocking.
1: Yeah, everybody seems to know about him. Uh, you know, my kids know about him. <laughs> really? So he, he he Oh yeah. Well, my sons in the teenage years, so you know, all the teenage boys probably like some of the stuff he says and does, so you know, gets around.
0: And, and Sean, he I know he's well liked by a, a, a lot of conservatives, uh not this one. But he doesn't bother or affect me enough to care. I might let the law be the law. But his chick is male masculinity, machismo, a man being a man. And some of his comments have been incredibly uh, uh, controversial. Uh, however, that extends into what's happening for him now. First of all, talk to us a little bit. Uh, you said he's a social media figure. Uh, a little bit about his platforms, what's he on? how does he I assume he has a lot of followers
1: well he you know it I would have thought being the third most googled person that he'd have more, but the problem might be that he keeps getting his accounts suspended so like uh on x he has eight point five million followers, but it's been suspended like three times. He just got reinstated again in uh november of twenty twenty two um He's been banned from Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram, when I think when he got banned, he had 4.7 million followers. He's been suspended from YouTube. Uh, He's uh, he's on Rumble with two two accounts. The higher one being 1.74 million. So he's to be as big as he is 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 actually a little surprising to see how low his numbers are in some of these things. But thing I got from it is and the way I you know, my kids have learned about it. People repost video clips of him saying stuff on TikTok, on you know, yeah. on their Instagram. So he may not personally have big social media accounts, but his persona is getting out there because people are reposting this stuff on their accounts.
0: Right, right. And uh in his defense too. Everything's timing. If you if you're a big celebrity on social media ten years ago, you exponentially got uh, uh, x amount more than what somebody who enters today. And you're right, getting removed, added, removed, added. It, it's it, that's why his numbers are, are what they are. But those numbers are more than enough for him to make a lot of money. Once you hit about fifteen thousand followers, you can really monetize if you're smart. And uh, 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 with millions like he has. Uh, even though he's lost many more millions, he he can monetize that. Uh, but before we get to the monetization and some of the issues, uh, his issues began with Big Brother, didn't they?
1: Yeah, he was on the British uh, Big Brother, and he got removed because uh, he was a, a suspect in an open rape investigation. <laughs> and that was in 2016. And. He was fi- that case was finally closed in 2019, so he had that hanging over his head for three years. No charges were filed.
0: And, and give the man credit, because he, the male machismo he talks about, I don't always agree with, but I do believe that men and women should have a spine, and he refused to back down. So where others would have been destroyed by this, he was like, "Look, screen, y'all, I'm innocent." And he just keeps going. So, 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 kudos for him. Now, after Big Brother, you know, he's back out on his own. Uh, it seems like him and his brother figured out a way to make money. Uh, didn't they have some? Uh, they, if I remember correctly, they had an online course, but I figured what it was called.
1: Uh, well, the first one, I it was called Hustlers University. And quite honestly, I, I had to, it, it it wasn't until I read this that I remembered. Back in the day, seeing one of his old Twitter accounts, um, I believe I found it through, is his name pronounced Cernovich? He's a, a right-wing, I think, like journalist type person. Mike
0: Cernovich. Yeah, he actually yes. is a love-hate guy. He says a lot of outlandish things just to gain attention. He's very aloof on on Twitter. I, I follow him, and I've retweeted him. He's responded to me. He has no clue who I am. He's got over a million followers, but he's really in love with himself you know, but he's controversial too. And and he supports the Tates of the world. If I remember correctly, do not quote me on that. Or yeah, I think
1: he, I, I must've, back in the day, I was, uh, you know, st- still on Twitter uh, and uh, I think he posted, retweeted, you know, whatever, one of uh, Tate's things. So of course I went over and checked out Tate and I, and that's where I remember seeing this Hustler University and, Scrolling through and just reading stuff and thinking, well, this guy's, you know, I agreed with some things he said and then other stuff he posted. I was like, oh, come on, you know, people are paying him to go to Hustler University, (laughs) you know, but uh, that's where he got his, uh, generated most of his money, I guess, back in the day.
0: Well, you know what, uh, uh, if I remember correctly, you said he had like 100,000 subscribers and that's enough to uh, sustain uh, a business about 10 people uh, annually, you know, uh, those about subscribers. And if it was just him and maybe his brothers, a family member, a couple of others, they were generating serious bank and creating, uh, uh, they, were, they were becoming rich, it would be my take. Uh, you know, now, after the online courses and, and, and uh, does he still have those going?
1: I think he, it's been renamed. I'm trying to, th- I it went to war room. Then uh, it may have a new name now that I, I'm not up to date on. Let me see if I have it here. Uh, I think it was war room and then there's a new one that's less uh, offensive sounding, but I can't recall it right this second.
0: Now, Sean, uh, uh, uh... Some of his controversy has come about because of these online courses, you know, telling men to be men, but people have taken it as, he's kind of conning people, he's, he's emotionally abusive uh, to some of the women, and he's trying to teach some of this stuff. I haven't paid that much attention to it, I just don't care for it, meaning, I get what you're doing, Andrew, you know, I'm not even going to say God bless you, like I can do everything, you know, do what you do, uh, uh, but from what I've read, I don't agree with, with, uh, 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 something just because it's legal doesn't make it morally right, and that's where I think he crosses the line with a lot of morality issues. And I'm not talking biblical; I'm talking common sense stuff. You know, you don't convince a woman it's okay to showcase her body on a camera uh, 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 against her will, and where she eventually does, and and even though she's agreeing to it, it's not in her best interest. Uh, uh, it's not illegal; it's not something I condone. So I'm not a big fan of his. But isn't that kind of uh, and I'm generalizing, but isn't that pretty much what the controversy is with him not talking his legal issues, but just with, with how people see him?
1: Uh, it it's definitely has to do with how he talks about women and, you know, how they're supposed to be treated. And he almost, you know, he's from the little I've, I've you know, I'm not in depth on him, but I've seen some stuff where he almost thinks of them as, you know, they're awesome. secondary.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I, you know uh, I, and coming from a Latino background, I see it all the time in my family, extended family, when I go travel. And God bless my mother. I grew up with three sisters, a mom and an aunt while well, my dad was away in Vietnam. So I was uh, 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 blessed not to look at women in that fashion because, look, it is a knock on that women uh, uh, have to deal with this stuff. Now, I'm not defending women 100%. A lot of the Nazis out there, too, you know, uh, especially the ones that want their cake, too. They want the modern woman. But when it comes to money, they want the traditional man. You know? <laughs> so that leads us to the United. He moved from the United Kingdom to Romania. And that's where his major issues happened. So talk to us a little <laughs> bit about the move and, and, and what happened.
1: Yeah, he moved there in 2017. And I guess everything's been good until December of 2022. He was arrested with his brother and along with two women. Uh, they were suspected of human trafficking and forming an organized crime group. Uh, in essence, that they they uh, coerce people into creating pornography, and that they financially benefited from.
0: And that's um, my issue. Is like I don't know what the laws are in Romania, but I, but I'm pretty sure those laws are legal here, meaning they could do that. But it's just what you're doing to the psyche of a mind of a, of a human being. You're not building them up. You're tearing them down. And uh, there's some women who go – who will be like, hey, no problem. They're in the late 20s, early 30s, 40s. They're adult women. They can make their own decisions. My issue are with the, the, the legal-age teens or the, 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 the early 20s, the ones where you can really mess with their minds. Now, that's what they're accused of. Talk to me about – did they have freedom? Meeting, were they just <laughs> investigation going, or or you know, where I'm headed with that question? Talk to us a little bit about uh, uh the whole process of you know their ability to move, uh, uh, in terms of still being innocent, not found guilty, and yet still being treated like prisoners.
1: Yeah, they uh, like if you don't agree with them, that's one thing. I, I had a little issue with how I guess Romanian law seems to handle. Um, they were arrested in March of 2023. And well, and after that, it's, I mean, they got their stuff taken. That's, that's my big thing. They, they, they got 29 assets, including 15 cars and more than 10 properties, uh, totaling almost $4 million taken from them. And they still have not gotten that back. So that's, you know, going on a year, they've lost, uh, looking at the way Romanian law works, I don't think they're going to. Um, they... Hold on.
0: Hold on. Hold on. I got news for you. They got asset seizures here, and it started with, oh, we're only going to go after, after the cartel and mafias and things like that, where they seize the asset, and before a person is found innocent or guilty, even before a trial starts, the government sells it. That's a known fact that a lot of people have been trying to get changed, especially libertarians. that the government doesn't do. In fact, in the 90s, the state of California was doing that with uh, uh, people who didn't have a will. And the reason I know this, I worked in that industry. It it, it took a court action to stop California. They knew somebody could call in, hey, I'm the daughter, they didn't have a will, and California would still sell the assets to get the money. And uh, 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 that's human selfishness, human ego. So they do that here too, Sean. Yeah, maybe not in every case, but it is a terrible thing that it's extended from the criminals to the honest, hardworking Americans.
1: Well, from what I understand here, because I know the big thing to fund like uh, certain police departments programs, like I'll say uh, helicopters, the fuel, they use drug money. But from what I've understood, that is it's the person has to be convicted because I've impounded, you know, lots of money and it stays an impound until the person's convicted and then they spend the money. So that's a little bit, that's a little bit different than, well, I, I would, we'll have to double check on that, but I don't see that flying that if a person's innocent, they don't get back their, you know, 500 K if it's proven not to be drug money. Um, so it's, it's, it's as far as I'm aware, it's spent after they're uh found guilty.
0: Yeah. I don't uh, know how uh,
1: Romania's uh, gonna work, but I will uh me. I will do a double check on that for you.
0: Yeah, that's a big thing with libertarians, and uh I found it a gas as a child of ten or twelve when I learned of it. And I learned of it watching Walter Cronkite on CBS News. You know, this has been going on for decades, you know. Uh, 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 And I'm like, you know, no way, no way. You can't have anything taken until you're found guilty. And even then, uh, uh, it's only stuff from the illegal process. And that was a very big shock to my world. That was what started. It wasn't the first thing, but one of the issues when I started questioning our government. And I was a child. I was, well, not a child, but in my teens, you know. So, uh, 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 and I will be the first to say. I may not be 100% correct in my assessment, but I'm pretty sure I'm close to it, and it has happened because I've read it. I just we will uh, we will open the show next week with the answer to that exactly what happens because it's an important topic. I can't be giving bad info if I'm wrong, you know, and I will apologize, but I don't think so, you know. Okay, talk to me about the 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 the, uh, the detention, the house arrest, uh, uh 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 in terms of their freedom. Well,
1: they uh, originally, you know, they were detained and they can be prolonged by 30 days for longer detention, which, of course, they got. And then they were that can be prolonged for a maximum of 180 days, which, of course, they got. So then they were then after that, they uh, got uh, moved to house arrest and then the house arrest was set set from April till August. and then. There was a whole bunch of appeals on if they could uh, leave house arrest. And after several appeals back and forth, uh, they were allowed to leave house arrest, but then they couldn't uh, leave. They had to stay within Romania. And that's only a big thing because um, Andrew Tate's uh, mom, I believe, had a stroke or a heart attack. And he was asking if he could leave uh, this past December to go visit her, and he could not. So they've been they've been uh, ongoing with this for a whole year, and he's still not even allowed to leave the country to visit an ill mom in the UK. And, you know, I'm obviously for treating criminals like they need to be treated, but I'm also used to the U.S. If you're out on bail or whatever, you know. How long does he he's got house? He's got house arrest. And I always think of house arrest, you know. well. Anyways,
0: I think, uh,
1: yes, I think, and, and there's no trial date set and due to the complexity of the investigation, and I'll put that in quotes, complexity, trial isn't expected to start for several years. So they could be sitting in Romania for, you know, the next three to four years and never get to leave. That's a little harsh, whether you like him or not. And uh, maybe his crimes are terrible. I haven't seen enough details to, you know, to say that I can convict him just by looking at some of the stuff here. But, you know, four well, years. Let me ask you of... this question.
0: Let me ask you this question directly to your experience as well, oh, least said six. it's falling off directly as an experience to you being uh, in, uh, in law enforcement. I always tell people, look, take a stand. But you better realize they're going to come after you. They're going to do things to you that they wouldn't do to other people. So when I'm reading this on Andrew Tate and I see how defiant he's been in the public, to me, and I'm not condoning it. What I'm saying, this is how tit for tat works. This is how the battle moves forward. You know, he's defiant. There's some judge, some prosecutor or something. Go bleep yourself, Andrew. What? Your mom's shirt? Oh, well. Boom. Denied. Why? Because they see how defined they are. They want to break the person. Uh, Does that happen or is that just me watching too much bad uh, uh, non-AI television?
1: (laughs) No. When I uh, went to law school, uh, a big famous quote I remember hearing was sometimes the judgment the judge gives out in the morning is based on what he had for breakfast. So uh, you never know. Um, I've been in court several times. and Honestly, you wonder what some judges are thinking. You could see personal biases come up in judges. I've been in, I'll use traffic court as an example. I've seen judges, if you went in there with a stop sign ticket, you were like, unless I present my case like a total moron, this person's guilty because this judge, for some reason, thinks everybody runs stop signs and He must have got hit with somebody running a stop. He hates him. But other people, uh, you know, another judge, you bring him in for, say, a cell phone violation. You could have him on video with the cell phone next to his ear with his lips moving, and the judge would find him innocent just because they didn't like the law. So, So in this instance, this judge or judges, depending on it, went back and forth between different appeals. They've probably watched some of Andrew Tate's stuff online, and I'm sure some of them are like, screw him, he's going to sit and enjoy uh, his house for the next, you know, as long as I can hold him.
0: <laughs> so I am right. And that's just human nature. I live my life now over the last 15, 20 years after I started my business with a lot of my decisions and beliefs residing in human nature. And I wish more people would do that because we would solve more of the world's problems by looking at them in a realistic way versus the libertarian utopian fantasy or the leftists take from the rich to pay the poor, uh, uh, yet the poor don't have to do anything themselves. You know, uh, I believe common sense, human nature, help one another. <laughs> Seems like that that's no longer part of the world. And with that, we will leave Andrew Tate. Uh, no trial day has been set. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I know your answer. But, but I think they will find him guilty of something is my take on this. Uh, uh, you get the final word with that question and we will move on. We're going to go over the show about five minutes because we got some individuals we want to talk about. But give me your final thoughts on that. Do you think you're going to find him guilty of something or do you think he has a possibility of being found not guilty?
1: Um, there is always the third possibility that this just never goes to court or they re- they decide not to charge him after screwing him over for the next two to three years and making him sit in Romania.
0: And there you have it, my friends. Sean with the final tape. Okay, this is a very important segment to me, not because I care about it. People come and go. But when you're looking at it as a topic, you start to research it. And Sean, hundreds of well-known people pass away. Many wrestling icons from our time as a kid. Burt Young. Do you know the name Burt Young? No no. Uh, so, the- no, no, I, I just say, the, he's an example. It- go ahead, go ahead.
1: Was He, he wasn't the Rocky uh, guy, was yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, so, uh, see? Uh, uh, I mean, many famous people died, is my point. But I had to reduce the list to a top 10. And so what I decided to do is reduce it to people who made a cultural impact or were part of the pop culture phenomenon of their era. And I made a top 10 list, Sean, in the order of impact. So I may talk, I have a lot of notes, as you can see. We may not talk about them all, but I just wanted them there in case something piqued your curiosity. But uh, I'm gonna say their name, how old they were. I want your take. Sinead O'Connor, 56 years old, a musician, political activist, Very famous for a Saturday Night Live incident where she kind of ripped up the Pope's image. Uh, She was also bipolar. Thoughts on Sinead O'Connor. And nothing compares to you was her big massive worldwide hit that that put her on the map.
1: Is that your number one for biggest uh, celebrity death? No, that is my number 10. That is number 10. Oh, okay, so we're going in from 10 to one, okay. Yeah, got to feel some excitement. (laughs) Well, I sort of want to know who's number one. But anyways, uh, Yeah, all I really do, you know, I heard her song and I saw her rip up that thing on a Saturday Night Live skit. But otherwise, eh, she didn't have too much influence on my life.
0: Same with me. But as a former Catholic, uh, I found her vile and disgusting. But at the same time, I found her valid. Remember, the Catholic Church covered up a lot of crap. And my take is it. Don't dish the Catholic Church or Catholics, but the men who and women who are the men who are running it. Because it's not God that is vile and evil; it's the men that that are corrupt and, and corrupt the name of God. So, so, so I kind of felt bad for her, but I didn't like her. Bob Barker, 99 years old, Price is Right host from 72, 1972 to 2007. 35 years, The Price is Right is a culture phenomena. He's a massive, massive animal rights activist and a philanthropist, and he, he passed away from Alzheimer's. Oh, for the record, nobody knows yet what Sinead O'Connor died of. Uh, she was bipolar, so it could be anything from suicide to maybe medication, to you know, who knows? But, but, but hopefully she's in a good place. But Bob Barker died of Alzheimer's disease. Uh, your take, your thoughts.
1: All I gotta say is The Price is Wrong, Bob. Happy Gilmore
0: <laughs> exactly he gained more fame through that movie with a new generation uh, uh, okay uh moving on to number eight tony bennett ninety six years old he's a musician he's what you call a crooner you know the ones that grab the mic and they sing in that deep voice, and the women go oh you know uh, he was ninety six years old. He's very famous for a worldwide famous song, I Left My Heart in San Francisco. So more than 50 million records. The reason he has such a cultural impact in my eyes, he transcended generations. He either influenced or worked with Celine Dion, Lady Gaga, uh, Elvis Costello, Rita Frank, Frank Sinatra, Katie Lang, Amy Winehouse, and there's other names, but those names alone shows generations starting from the 50s on to today's uh, 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 modernized singer. Uh, his death, Alzheimer's disease also. Uh, what's your take
1: I just remember him as a type of singer that's the Frank Sinatra type era those type of singers so I got to look favorably upon him I love uh, I love those singers still to this day
0: yeah and again when you hear the term a crooner an old crooner that's what they're referring to Uh, uh, moving to number am I seven Tina Turner passed away at 83. She transcended genres. She was famous for Mad Max, Thunderdome, that extended her fame. She was known for her extremely beautiful toned legs. And she was also an inspiration to many women after her story, uh, uh, some horrible domestic abuse at the hands of Ike Turner, came out. Her death was 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 natural causes she was just a cultural phenomena of the 80s with the big pop culture the big hair the -the over-the-top shows thoughts on the legendary tina turner
1: yep i remember her watching her uh perform and she always wore a skirt and everybody always talked about her legs that's good you yeah, brought that up.
0: beautiful day. Woo! <laughs> All righty, moving on to number six, Jimmy Buffett, 76 years old, a musician. He was he his cultural impact was his music, Margaritaville and others like it, and he impacted. Uh, uh, uh. uh he, I'm sorry. He he personified the island life. Uh, uh, he was a persona, meaning he had a way he wanted people to live. Or people perceive he wanted us to live the island mentality. He was also a business magnate, worth hundreds of millions. His death was due to Merkel Cell Center, which is a rare and aggressive form of skin cancer, which is kind of, it's not ironic, but I'm not shocked. Somebody who's out in the sun every day getting skin cancer, you know? Uh, but Jimmy Buffett, he uh, the parrot heads uh, came about because of him. Uh, uh, they weren't parrot heads because of Jimmy Buffett. They were parrot heads because that personified their laid back lifestyle. Thoughts of Jimmy Buffett?
1: Well, I will just say I got to look into Merkel cell cancer because I don't know too much about that. But it was sad to see him go. Even though I did get food poisoning at his Margaritaville in Las Vegas one year, uh, I still (laughs) don't hold that against him.
0: Oh, my God. I have... A tale that is worthy of a TV show or or, or a short movie. My experiences his bar when I was in the military and women were involved, and I was naive, not realizing this whole swath of women were spoken for by the. It's just it's what you call it. It's a comedy. It would have been a great comedy that ends at the end of the day with the uh 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 uh, uh, uh XO executive officer calling me up to his office uh, in a very nonchalant humorous but serious, serious way telling me here's the lines in the sand when we are at a bar and we're all drinking <laughs> all right number uh, uh what was that number seven was he number seven Ten. no he was number six number five yes. richard roundtree 81 years old he played the role of john chef it was a great song in the 70s it was a, came out in 1971 it was at the beginning of what is called black exploitation uh it brought the black culture to the national stage and obviously had a massive massive impact and uh uh I was too small to have seen Shaft at the theaters, but even as a child, I knew who and what Shaft was. He was just a cool mofo. <laughs> you know. Uh thoughts on oh, Richard Round Ra- and Richard Rauchie's original Shaft. Most people think Richard Rauchie, that was uh who's that 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 that, that actor that, that 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 that's in the Marvel Universe now plays Nick Fury? Samuel uh, Jackson. Samuel Jackson played him in the updated version, which didn't do as uh, very well. But but John Richard Roundtree uh, passed away. His death was pancreatic cancer 81. Thoughts. You
1: know, I didn't see the original shaft either, but
0: uh I sorry understand. to see him. Go. And you know what? That <laughs> that's not surprising, uh being a white guy. And not because you're white. Latinos wouldn't know about it as much. Asians today. Uh, uh, no, 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 because it was called exploitation. It was it was a, 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 a whole industry that cropped up. Uh, and the only reason I saw a lot of them is because I loved the Kung Fu movies every Saturday afternoons, but they also showed a lot of exploitation movies in those time slots. So I grew up watching some of that, but it was a cultural phenomenon that, that transcended America, but you're younger than me by 10 years. So it kind of literally passed you by is all that I'm saying. And being Anglo is also- so it's, a, it's, birth- an,
1: it's an age thing, not a white thing. Come on.
0: No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Right. But I'm sure a lot of a lot of Black Americans your age probably you know, shat is on you know probably watch. It's like Soul Train. Watched mostly by Blacks, uh, but a lot of whites watch it also. Yeah, so so he was kind of that type of character. Okay, number four, Miss Suzanne Somers, 76 years old, Three's Company from 1977 to 84. It was a pop culture phenomenon. She had another show, Step by Step, God bless her. She earned more money that way. But she was part of Three's Company. She died of breast cancer, uh, which is, uh, I, I was talking to my wife, I said, kind of ironic, because her whole shtick was her boobs with the low cut tee and playing the dumb blonde. But she was fired because she wanted equity, raise. Uh, people watched the show for the ensemble, but, but but John Ritter was the actual star that made a lot of the magic happen. And she lost and got fired. Thoughts on Suzanne Somers. But she recovered. Had a great career moving forward. She recovered. Your thoughts on Suzanne Somers?
1: I'll just say one thing. Thigh master.
0: <laughs> That's right. The five lesson. There you go. All righty. Number three. The final three. Paul Rubens, seventy years old. What was his actual state? What was the name he was known as? Oh, uh, shot. Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman. Ah. Uh, uh, he expand generations. Pee Wee Herman was not a child's character when it first came out, but became a big cultural phenomenon. Had the Saturday morning show. All that came to an end when he got caught with his pants down in a theater. But he managed to redeem himself, recover to have a... Uh, 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 a secondary post-career with the same characters, actually. His death was acute hypoxic respiratory failure. And that means his lungs couldn't release enough oxygen into the blood, and it gave him a a couple of other issues as well. But that's what he died of. Uh, Number two, Pat Robertson. People go, huh? Pat Robertson died at 93 years old, the 700 Club founder, uh, the Christian Broadcasting Network founder. He was a media mogul. He actually built Uh, College University, Christian uh, 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 something, CBN University, but Christian something university. He blended religion with politics. That was his cultural impact. His biggest impact was in the 80s. He actually helped Reagan with uh, uh, his anti-drug message and his his religious message. Uh, He was also, so he was a powerful behind the scenes player, presidential candidate. Uh, his religion obviously made him controversial because that was an era when Americans began to abandon religion in droves. He died of a stroke. He's actually uh, 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 very impactful in our culture. What are your thoughts on Pat Robinson? First, did you even know who he was? I mean, it sounds like a silly question, but I'm not sure. Uh,
1: yes, I did know who he was, but because uh, when I actually had to get up early enough in the morning to go to school back in the day, you flipped it through the channels. We didn't have 400 channels. So uh, you flip through one and uh, 700 Club was on and he'd be on, but I uh, would skip that for cartoons.
0: <laughs> exactly, I was the same. And the number one, this is terrible. The number one dad, that's no, not a number one dad, but the most well known person. And likely most of you don't know his, who he is when I say his name. But you know who he is when I say some of the stuff he did. And that is Norman Lear. He died at 101 years old. He was a screenwriter and sitcom. Producer, he was part of creating or working with over a hundred shows. Uh, his impact was on American culture. He brought in a comedic way, and it wasn't very realistic, but it began to open our eyes. Uh, I mean, the comedy itself was—it was more satire in how they portrayed it, but not the topics. He brought racial issues, political issues, and 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 gave us a look at the working man uh, that was successful and the poor. Uh, uh, as well, in terms of poverty, he brought millions of hours into our homes via television and how we looked at minority single women and family relationships. Uh, Do you want to have? I want to give you the honor show. What were some of the shows that that, that he produced? Because this is what people will remember. Or he? he yeah, produced.
1: I I can't believe the same person created All in the Family, created the Jeffersons and Sanford and Son, because I've watched some old, old All in the Family clips and. Uh, I'm like, whoa, you know? So uh, I did not know he had that big an impact on all those shows.
0: He was a monster. He's arguably, uh, I, I don't know, but I would say arguably one of, he would, he'll be in everybody's top 10 list of those who had the most cultural impact, regardless of what year they died. Uh, it, was, it was good times, maud. Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, was one of the first syndicated shows I ever realized was syndicated, meaning it wasn't on at prime time, but like at 7 or 11 different time frames and one day at a time. Uh, his death was cardiopulmonary arrest brought on by congestive heart failure, which tends to happen at that age. Uh, the final comment I'll make before we close the show out as we've run about 10 minutes over is uh, my partner said, I'm surprised you like Norman Lear because he, I'm a conservative. And I have issues with today's tribal politics uh, because I come from a mixed family. I may not look mixed, but our family, are extended uh, a family from, from our first cousins, from my grandmother on is extremely mixed. I'm the lightest of the skin. And I said this, and I found that offensive when he said it. And I never told him that I found it offensive, but it's offensive because what I got out of Norman Lear was my first look at these issues, these problems. He humanized it while making it funny. I may hate Rob Reiner. I may look at him as a vile, disgusting, stupid ignorant hateful human being which is what he is but boy did i love him as me head. but more importantly it wasn't me loving him as me head, it was the storylines he brought you know wanting to help the charities the giving and all that it was when i first became aware of that sanford and son taught me more about father-son relationships you know good times taught me about the projects and i researched the projects uh, uh as a child because of good times and the one thing i'll never forget to this day is the projects were supposed to be temporary They were never supposed to be permanent. And there was a reason for that to help black Americans. Instead, now it's become a generational, cyclical world of of poverty. Uh, Never saw Ahmaud, never saw Mary Hartman, though I knew of them one day at a time. Brought me one of my first crushes as a kid with Valerie Bertinelli, you know, uh, but brought the life of a single mother. And and even though my mother wasn't single, she was alone a lot because my dad was in Vietnam during those times, you know, and uh, uh, we're well, not necessarily those times, so I related to that. So Norman Lear had a profound effect, not on only on me, but I believe, Sean, what I have just said is what millions of other Americans will tell you as well. Uh, did he have any kind of profound effect on that or were you, or, or uh, these shows may have been a bit before
1: your time as a child, am I correct? No, I I watched uh the Jeffersons, mainly the Jeffersons. I, I watched some All in the Family. And you know, good times, that's uh Dino right? Uh, yeah yeah Dino Might Yeah JJ yeah, <laughs> yeah, so.
0: Walker I think JJ Yeah I
1: so I, I I mean I have the memory of a goldfish but I can uh, I can recall some of these things. Yeah, so I, I did watch some of these shows And, uh, you know, got some good entertainment out of him. And congrats to him to live in 101. I only hope I can make it that long to, you know, collect a pension and stick it to the city.
0: And my final comment on that, and we'll close the show out, is the only thing I didn't like was how they did show uh, 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 people of authority, mostly whites. They showed them as dumb, stupid, ignorant. But when you think about it that a lot of blacks view that's how they were portrayed in the 30s 40s and 50s and maybe Norman Lear was creating satire out of that but at the end of the day you know I didn't like JJ I liked the father the most and Sanford said I like the son you know uh, uh uh so the Jefferson's I just love the hate on George and I love Wheezy you know so so we all had our failures but God bless Norman Lear like you said he lived under 101 and that about concludes our show, Sean. It was a great show, actually. We had a lot of topics. I thought the screen actress guild may have been a little weak. I'll have to work on that. I dragged that out maybe too long. I apologize. But very important economic issue. And, and, and with that, my friends, I want to tell you do not forget to visit us at Grumblings Media, at Rumble and YouTube, under the Grumblings Media profile name. Or you can listen to this and other podcasts at your traditional podcast. Uh, stations, Apple, Google, Pandora, and Spotify, as well as our political podcast and our sports podcast. And for Sean and I, thank you for listening and watching. Oh, I was about to say points on the board, (laughs) for listening to the Red, White, and Rude Pop Culture and Entertainment Podcast. And until next time, my friends, I bid you adieu.